0: Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. If you have benefited from this podcast and would like to support us with a one-time donation, you can do so by visiting livinghour.org donate. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from A Life of Character by J.R. Miller, published in 1894. Perfection in life and character should be the aim of everyone. Our prayer should ever be to be fashioned into spotless beauty. No matter what the cost may be, we should never shrink from anything that will teach us a new lesson or put a new touch of loveliness into our character. We get our lessons from many teachers. We read in books beautiful lines which set great tasks of attainment before us. We see in other lives lovely things which inspire in us noble longings. We learn by experience, and we grow by exercise. We may get many lessons, too, from those among whom we live. People ought to be a means of grace to us. Mere contact of life with life is refining and stimulating. The world, of course, is not always friendly to us. It is not disposed always to pat us on the back, or to pet and praise us. One of the first things a young person learns when they leave home, where everyone doted on them, is that they must submit to criticism and opposition. Not everything they do receives commendation, but this very condition is healthy. Our growth is much more wholesome in such an atmosphere than where we have only adulation and praise. We ought to get profit from criticism. Two pairs of eyes should see more than one. None of us have all the wisdom there is in the world. However wise any of us may be, there are others who know some things better than we know them, and who can make valuable and helpful suggestions to us, at least concerning some points of our work. No one's knowledge is really universal. None of us know more than a few fragments of the great mass of knowledge. There are some things somebody else knows better than you do, however wide your range of learning may be. There are very humble people who could give you suggestions well worth taking, on certain matters concerning which they have more correct knowledge than you have. If you wish to make your work perfect, you must condescend to take information from anyone, and everyone, who may be ready to give it to you. It is true also that others can see faults and imperfections in us, which we ourselves cannot see. We are too closely identified with our own life and work to be unprejudiced observers or just critics. We can never make the most and the best of our life, we refuse to be taught by others than ourselves. A really self-made person is very poorly made because they are the product of only one person's thought. The strong things in their own individuality are likely to be emphasized to such a degree that they become idiosyncrasies, while on the other side their character is left effective. The best-made individual is the one who in their formative years has benefited from wholesome criticism. Their life is developed on all sides. Faults are corrected. Their nature is restrained at the points where the tendency is to overgrowth, while points of weakness are strengthened. We all need, not only as a part of our education, but in all our life and work, the corrective influence of the opinions and suggestions of others. But in order to get profit from criticism, we must relate ourselves to it in a sympathetic and receptive way. We must be ready to hear and give hospitable thought to the things that others may say of us and of what we are doing. Some people are only hurt, never helped, by criticism, even when it is most sincere. They regard it always as unkindly, and meet it with a bitter feeling. They resent it, from whatever source it may come, and in whatever form, as something impertinent. They regard it as unfriendly as a personal assault against which they must defend themselves. They seem to think their own life is something fenced about by such sanctities, that no other person can with propriety offer even a suggestion concerning anything that is theirs, unless it is in the way of praise. They have such opinions of the infallibility of their own judgment and the flawless excellence of their own performance, that it seems never to occur to them as a possibility that the judgment of others might add further wisdom, or point out anything better. So they utterly refuse to accept criticism, however kindly, or any suggestion which looks to anything different from what they have done. We all know people like this, so long as others will compliment them on their work, they give respectful attention and are pleased. But the moment a criticism is made, however slight, or even the question whether something else would not be an improvement is asked, they are offended. They regard as an enemy anyone who even intimates disapproval or who hints, however delicately, that this or that might be otherwise. It is hard to maintain a cordial friendship with such people, for no one likes to be forbidden to express an opinion which is not an echo of another's. Not many people will take the trouble to keep a lock on the door of their lips all the time for fear of offending a self-conceited friend. Subsequently, the person who rejects and resents all criticism cuts themselves off from one of the best means of growth and improvement. They are no longer teachable, and therefore are no longer a learner. They would rather keep their faults than be humble by being told of them in order to have them corrected. So they pay no heed to what any person has to say about their work, and get no benefit whatever from the opinions and judgments of others. Such a spirit is very unwise. Infinitely better is it, that we keep ourselves always ready to receive instruction from every source. We are not making the most of our life, if we are not eager to do our best in whatever we do, and to make constant progress in our doings. But in order to do this, we must continually be made aware of the imperfections of our performances, that we may correct them. No doubt it hurts our pride to be told of our faults, but it is better to let the pain work amendment, then work resentment. Really, we ought to be thankful to anyone who shows us a blemish in our life, which we then can have removed. No friends are truer and kinder to us than those who do this, for they help us to grow into a nobler and more beautiful character. Of course, there are different ways of pointing out a fault. One person does it bluntly and harshly, almost rudely. Another person will find a way to make us aware of our faults without causing us any feeling of humiliation. Doubtless it is more pleasant to have our correction come in this gentle way. Great wisdom is required when we point out faults in others. We need deep love in our own heart so that we may truly seek the good of those in whom we detect the flaws or errors and not criticize in a spirit of exaltation or superiority too many people take delight in discovering faults in other people and in pointing them out others do it only when they are angry blurting out their sharp criticisms in fits of bad temper we should all seek to possess the Spirit of Christ, who was most patient and gentle in telling his friends wherein they failed. Harm is often done by the lack of this Spirit in those whose duty it is to teach others. There are parents who continually tell their children of their faults, as if they can fulfill their duty to their children only by continually nagging at them and scolding them. Those who train and teach the young have a tremendous responsibility when wielding the power that is theirs. We should never criticize or correct, except in love. If we find ourselves in anger or cherishing any bitter, unkind, or resentful feeling, when we are about to point out an error or a mistake in another person or in another's work, it would be better to be silent and not speak until we can speak in love only when our heart is full of love are we fit to judge another or to tell them of their faults while this is the way of wisdom for all who offer criticisms it is true also that however we learn of our own faults however ungentle and unsympathetic the person may be who makes us aware of them we would be better off accepting the correction in a humble, loving way and profiting by it. Perhaps few of us actually hear the honest truth about ourselves until someone grows angry with us and blurts it out in bitter words, It may be an enemy who says the severe thing about us, or it may be someone who is base and unworthy of respect. But whoever it may be, we would be better off asking whether there may not be some truth in the criticism, and if there is, then set ourselves to correct our deficiency. In whatever way we are made aware of a fault, we ought to be grateful for the fact. For the discovery gives us an opportunity to rise to a better, nobler life or to a higher and finer achievement. Admittedly, there are people whose criticisms do not profit us. It is easy to find fault, even with the noblest work. Then there are those who are instinctive fault-finders, regarding it as their privilege, almost their duty, to give an opinion on every subject which comes before them. And to offer some criticism on every piece of work that they see. Their opinions are usually valueless, and oftentimes it requires much patience to receive them graciously, without showing irritation. But even in such cases, when compelled to listen to unjust and harsh criticisms, from those who know nothing whatever of the matters which they speak so authoritatively, we would do well to receive all criticisms and suggestions in good temper and without impatience. It helps at least in developing our own self-discipline, and it is the nobler way. This, then, is the lesson that we should not resent criticism whether it be made in a kindly or in an unkindly way. That we should be eager and willing to learn from anyone, since even the humblest and most ignorant person knows something better than we do, and is able to be our teacher at some point. That the truth always should be welcomed, especially the truth about ourselves that which affects our own life and work, however it may wound our pride and humble us, or however its manner of coming to us may hurt us, and that the moment we learn of anything that is not beautiful in us, we should seek to change it, thus alone can we ever reach the best things in character and in achievement. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Transform your life in 30 days with our Majesty meditation program. Our unique auto-suggestion sound method meditation will help you achieve success in every area of your personal and professional life. Learn more at livinghour.org slash majesty. To get 30% off the $11.99 purchase price, Use the coupon code INSPIRATION.